At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. 50, we're going to Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions. So how did he propose? After they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. Venti soy latte for Opal? At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry. Which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. We are your hosts. I am Russell Hartman, and joining me this week, of course, is John Luke Shapiro. JL, how you doing this week, my friend? I, I'm good. When you say children of all ages, are you including me that's either five years old or 55? I just got my first pair. I got my first pair of orthopedics today, so I think I'm getting closer to our fearless leader's age, which is like 160. But yes, I'm good, Russell. Thank, thanks for having us here. Good to hear from you, buddy. Of course, of course. And our other host, Mr. Kevin Krupe. Kevin, how you doing? You're sitting there. You look a little sad. What's going on in the life of Kevin right now? I just realized, like, they're kind of, like, stopping the circus when you said that, like, <laughs> children of all ages. And it's like, oh, man, I love the circus when I was a kid. But I'm doing good. I mean, besides, like, what's going on with the Rangers, I think everything's pretty good. Well, I mean, there's good and bad, right? And that's what we're here to talk about this week. I mean, it's just to talk about anything. Absolutely. So, once again, before we start, welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Um, it's great to be joined by these two once again this week. And we're going to have a new segment called Opening Statements, where each of oh! us is going to tell you something that we feel very passionate about, starting with yours truly. The, uh, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but, you know, the boss said that I'm a pretty good host myself, oh, so I gosh. guess I'll take things off Here's here just a week. reminder that I'm the only one with a broadcasting degree, so, yeah. Uh, I have a journalist. Ah, broadcasting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Yeah, enjoy so. Perth Amboy for the rest of your life. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? We're going to ignore that comment for people that live in Perth, boy, that probably listen to us, Kevin. So be nice to them. If well, you no, this was just directly aimed at JL. I'm sure other people enjoy their lives. Oh, Kevin, why are you talk, you are? We're going to oh. get going with Rangers hockey before Kevin gets himself in even more trouble with our fellow New Jersey residents. And I'm going to begin with someone that I owe a big apology to. And that is Mr. Tony D'Angelo. So before the season started, I wrote a piece on ForeverBlueShirts.com about, you know, why Tony D'Angelo is kind of the extra in this whole situation on the defense core. You know, with guys like Nils Lundqvist and Keandre Miller on the way and Jacob Truba, you know, signed for $8 million to be your top defenseman on the right side. You know, you figure, oh, and Adam Fox, how could I forget about Adam Fox's emergence on the blue line as well? You have all these moving pieces and Tony D'Angelo, you know, coming off a season where, you know, he did it, he did well, but you know, you wanted, you were hoping to see a little more from him. I originally thought he would be the expendable piece on the blue line. I couldn't have been more wrong because Tony D'Angelo 
in 132 games played over three seasons with the Arizona Coyotes and the two prior seasons with the New York Rangers after the Derek Stepan trade. He had nine goals and 43 assists for 52 points from the back end. Pretty decent numbers for a young defenseman. And, you know, a lot of people were saying when that when the Derek Stepan trade happened that we were looking back on it now, we were starting to be on the losing end of that because of Leah Sanderson and the situation he's in and because Tony D'Angelo wasn't looking like this really good defenseman that people have thought. Fast forward to this season. Tony D'Angelo has emerged as one of the best offensive defensemen, not just on the New York Rangers, but on the entire in the entire NHL. Now, we're talking someone who's top 10 in defenseman scoring, who in 44 games played has 11 goals and 25 assists, including a hat trick and two assists in a five-point night just recently. That does not sound like someone who is an expendable piece on the blue line. It sounds like someone who signed a one-year deal, bet on himself, and proved that he could be an important part of this Rangers blue line as this rebuild moves forward. And you know what? You can never have too many good defensemen. You can never have too many good pieces because guess what? It just opens other alleys for the team to explore. Maybe trading someone else. Maybe giving Tony D'Angelo a nice extension like Rasmus Anderson just got from the Flames. Maybe a little more of the AAV. Maybe you're looking at a five-year, maybe six mil instead of five-year, 4.55. So you know what, Tony, I'm sorry. You've been an amazing player for the New York Rangers this season, and I wish you continued success on our blue line. JL, you have something you would like to say, too. Of course. Well, I mean, we all do. I yes. can't wait to say okay. That was great, Russ. That was, you no, know, that was you really know good, I'm yes. sorry. Before, before you start, JL, I owe a big apology to Tony D'Angelo also, only because I was in the exact same boat. It's like, Tony D's been okay Give him the one-year deal. We just need it for this year. We have Keandre. We have Nils. And, oh, man, he's been the one of the best. He's been the – I think he's third in scoring. Well, He is, he is third in scoring because I wrote that down. <laughs> well, I can um, definitely say for sure that I was definitely against you guys, and I was on the Tony D train. I think now everyone's starting to realize – you know, the talent that I saw from the beginning. But moving on to the point that I wanted to discuss, you know, good transition, JL. Um, so obviously, transition, JL. <laughs> so obviously the New York Rangers currently have a little bit of a quagmire going on in their net situation. That's a word that I've been waiting to use for a while now. So right now, currently the team I mean, employs... it just flowed naturally, man. Well, because I use it for every little thing. But the, te- the team currently has three goalies on the roster, all perfectly fine NHL-caliber-type goaltenders. And Igor Shistjorkin, yes, I am saying it that way, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, and, of course, our beloved Alexander Georgiev. So obviously, you take a look at the two games that Igor Shistjorkin played for the New York Rangers, and he's got a 3.01 goals against average with a, nine, a .926 goals uh, save percentage. rather. And then if you look at his numbers in Hartford, he's got a 1.93 goals against average with a .932. Uh, safe percentage so obviously we all know that Igor is going to be the guy of the future but the problem lies now is what do you do with Lundqvist and what do you do with Georgiev now Georgiev is going to be the odd man out unfortunately you know because Henrik Lundqvist let's be real as much as all of us logically think that you know Henrik Lundqvist can be moved and I think that's the move that most people would make and I have a feeling the Rangers would make don't quote me on that the Georgiev being younger and having less of a cap hit 
will end up getting a better return than shipping out a goaltender that's about 8 mil in change. So, that being said, you know, it's just it's creating this weird situation going on with the team and everything just feels kind of off. You know, it's affecting all of the goaltenders, including Lundqvist. You know, there was a post that came out from the New York Post uh, written by Larry Brooks, and he asked Henrik how he was dealing with the situation. And Lundqvist just basically said it's an unusual situation, and he's going to try and do the best with the opportunity that he's given. It's weird because he's so used to playing every day. You know, this has basically been the linchpin of the franchise for the last, you know, 11, 12 or so years. So now... We need to see what will the Rangers get from Georgiev? What will they get from Lundqvist in terms of play style? And how exactly do you shoehorn Shestyorkin in once he, uh, Georgiev is traded? Do you give Shestyorkin more starts towards the end of the year? Does Henrik Lundqvist take that mantle? Do they split it evenly? It's a very weird situation, but it's also a good situation for the Rangers right now because they can maximize their asset value in terms of what they can get into return. And obviously, that being said, I'll hand it over to Kevin. We're talking about the arrival of Igor Shestyorkin. Now, with his play and with the way the team is currently constructed, do you think the Rangers can be a playoff team? Oh, definitely not. Unfortunately, as good as Igor has been, the Rangers don't play the same in front of Igor. I mean, in front of Hank as they do with Igor, even Alex Georgiev at certain points. You know, Hank is going to be here, which means he's going to get a good chunk of the starts. He's not going to be that. He's not going to get taken over by Igor. The Rangers have too much respect for him. And if you have a problem with that, I mean, it's, it's just the truth. You can't do anything about that. So, you know... Besides the goaltending issue, which once Georgiev is gone, it really won't be, it would be a non-factor. You know, you got to look at the scoring. Unfortunately, the scoring just isn't, like, as, the Rangers are scoring better than they did last year. Obviously, Artemi Panarin is on the top of 62 points, and then Strom is the second most at 41. And that's a huge margin. It's a huge difference. And like, I know Strom has been great. And, like, I apologize to Ryan Strom. Because <laughs> I apologize to Tony D'Angelo and I apologize to Ryan Strom. I love the trade, the trade Ryan Spooner for Ryan Strom. That was great. The steal. No matter what happened with that, we won. But Ryan Strom has really proven to be a decent center. He's proven to, you know, up his game. And uh, you could say all you want about him centering Panarin and him centering, you know, Kreider or whoever. But he's been solid. He's been that guy that, you know, you can rely on. You know, if you really look at it, he, his shooting percentage, that was a huge factor for a lot of people. It's like, oh, he's 22.5%. That's huge. Now he dropped at a 16.7%. So he's taking more shots, which means he's evolved in the offense. So his average time of ice went up from 15.51 to 19.25. And his face-off percentage even increased slightly. So he does look like a good player. Now, do I say he looks like a player that deserves five years? No. He looks like a player that deserves a bridge deal. He's 26 years old. You get him at 29, he's still, if you don't want him after this, when you might have all your prospects ready, then he can test the market and still get a solid deal. Because if you get him any any more, who wants to go into the market at 31? Nobody. So going back to the scoring, we have Strom at 41 points, Tony D at 36, Mika Zibanej at 35, who played in 13 less games than everybody else, Chris Kreider with 29, Pavel Buchnevich 
25. He only has seven goals. That's not good. Fox with 24, Trouba with 21, Foss with 18, and Shea with 18. Four of those top 10 are defensemen. That's a huge problem. Your defense should not be outscoring your offense. It's, it, it's a good problem to have when you're competing. It's a good problem to have if your defense is fully in, but it's a bad thing if nobody else is towing the line the way they should be. Your 10th best player has scored 18 points. It's not good. Now, Chris Kreider is getting traded. Georgiev is getting traded. And that means you're losing these consistent guys that you have, and the Rangers just won't be able to make up for that because Chris Kreider, even though he isn't scoring the way we want him to, the way we drafted him for, you're still losing Chris Kreider. You're still losing that size, that skill, that tipping ability, just the, the penalty killing, the power play time. You're losing a solid veteran that you've had in your core for years. Now, Elliot Friedman reported recently that the Rangers are listening on offers for Georgiev but won't move him unless he gets they get an NHL-ready forward prospect, which doesn't seem too difficult to get. So he's definitely going to be gone, and it's just hopefully at this point, in February, the Rangers proved me wrong, and it's like, they're great. But I digress. John Davidson has said that they are committed to this rebuild to the long term, and it's what's best for the Rangers. It's the best success for the franchise, and therefore it doesn't look like there'll be buyers. It looks like there'll be sellers, and most of these NHL guys are going to be gone, which leaves them short-staffed. Kevin, can I ask you a question? Go for it. Can you breathe after saying all that? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> no, very insightful, Kevin. Very Thank insightful. you. I agree. And, you know, Kevin, I like the point that you say that they want to get an NHL-ready prospect, NHL-ready forward back for Georgiev. And, you know, I've been seeing a lot of a lot of these Georgiev trade rumors on Twitter. But the one that I think is, well, pretty – that I really like back would be Jeremy Brocco from the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that would be a really good guy to get back. Uh, I've seen people, you know – People always worry about size. People worry that Brocco hasn't cracked the NHL roster yet. But it's not because of his skill that he hasn't. It's because the Leafs kind of have a logjam at forward, and they have a lot of skilled guys at forward. That's so I think Brocco would too. be – Yeah, local boy. So Brocco would be really – like he'd be a nice piece, I feel like, for this rebuild. He'd have a spot in the bottom six. Um, another guy who I'd love who – Jim, you're going to love me for this one because you won't shut up about him – is Nick Robertson. <laughs> Nick Robertson is a fantastic player. He played yes, for the United is. States in the World Junior Championship. The kid lit it up. Um, the Leafs are looking like one of the smartest teams for picking him in the second round, I believe, either last year or two years ago. Um, fantastic young player who I'd love to get back for Georgiev, but I don't know if that's the route the Rangers would go, and I don't know if the Leafs would give him up. But, you know, it's it's interesting to see, uh, you know, what teams need a goaltender. San Jose Sharks need goaltending bad. Martin Jones has looked absolutely terrible this year. Um, you know, the Leafs... You can't have Frederick Anderson play 75 games again, and Michael Hutchinson has not been that good. Um, you know, you could, you could keep going around the league for teams that need backup goalies, teams that you know need goaltending help. So there's going to be a deal out there for Gordon to take. There's going to be a deal that he's going to like, and going up to the deadline, you know there's going to be some team that's going to pull the trigger and maybe pay a little more. And, you know, speaking of NHL-ready prospects and NHL-ready forwards, uh, the Rats of the Rangers thought they were getting when they drafted Leah Sanderson in 2017. And... It appears that things have really not gone the way the team, the player, the agent, or his family envisioned this going. Leah Sanderson is currently back in Sweden. Um, he, based on interviews, based on translations, based on uh, reporters who have spoken with his agent and his family, um, he kind of needs a little bit of a reset. 
Um, he didn't seem he was very happy in North America. Um, it didn't seem he was happy with a lot of the things the New York Rangers were um, doing within the organization. And he, based on what we've read, based on what people are saying and reporters are saying, um, he is dealing with some mental health issues. And but disclaimer, before we even go any further on this issue, I deal with mental health issues. A lot of people that I know deal with mental health issues. A lot of people around the world deal with these types of things. This is not something to joke about. This is not something to make crude remarks on Twitter about. This is not something to say Leah Sanderson doesn't have it in him about. Because I've seen every take around the sun about this kid. If Leah Sanderson is really dealing with all of this stuff and he needs to deal with this in his own time, Okay, this is still a really young kid who's finding his way through the professional hockey world. Okay, so before we go any further on Leah Sanderson here, it's important to point this out. Let him spend some time with his family back home. Let him maybe spend some time in Sweden and maybe the Rangers should possibly lend him to an, a, to an SHL club to let him get that playing time in. Leah Sanderson, from all of us here at the website and the podcast, get well soon. Take all the time you need, my friend. You know, get well, and then hockey will follow after that. Your mental health comes first. So with that, I'm going to leave it to Kevin first here. Um, Kevin, it's a very complicated issue. Leah Sanders was picked very high, and a lot was expected of him early based on what people were saying about him. NHL ready, he can fill in this, that, and the other thing. I'm not going to just ask you for your take on this because that's too wide open here. What do you think is the best course of action for Leah Sanderson to take at this step in his career? What he's doing now is probably the best case scenario for him, given all the circumstances. I personally, if I were him, and I believe his agent, you know, said he's not suffering with mental illness at the moment. It it was a combination of, you know, injuries and certain cases that might have or might not have happened in the AHL and the NHL levels. You know, it's a lot of fuzzy stuff, but if I were him, I would just take a step back, like you said, Russ, and just evaluate you know not pot not maybe maybe not play for an shl team maybe not play for anybody at the moment and just kind of focus on his health you know i saw an article where he's you know he says he might get new skates from bauer that actually might mold his foot properly so he feels more comfortable skating you know sometimes some of these things actually do come down to injuries where it's like you know i have to skate this way i have to perform this way you're doing too much and it's just you're gonna everything builds up but you know John Davidson, you know, wants to meet with him, but Leah Sanderson really only wants to talk through his agent as we've heard. I'm not saying this is fact 100%, but this is what we've heard. This is what we're reporting on. But, you know, Leah Sanderson needs to do, like you said, what's best for himself. You know, he's still young. He's still a young guy. He only got drafted a few years ago. It's not like he got drafted years and years and, you know, this is the guy who's 26 now. It's like, that's it. We got to give up on him. No, he's still young. So whatever he's dealing with, the fact that he was up, he's not playing a lot. He gets sent down, then he gets hurt. He doesn't show that he's hurt. It's it's a combination of so many things. But you know, uh, you know, jail. I, I don't I don't know if I've said everything, but you know, do you do you agree with this? Do you disagree with this? Like, how do you think that he could really you know show face that he's not just bailing on his career? Well, it's a very gray situation in the sense of it. You know, we really don't know what's going on. I mean, you could see it from just the way he was playing on the ice. Even though the previous seasons didn't result in much production, you could see that he was a little bit more engaged in the play. So we can't really say if it's mental health or not because we have to, you know, we can all assume 
And if it is mental health, then obviously we hope he gets the help that he needs and all that. But then you have the report about his agent, like you said, coming out and basically refuting it. And if Leas is speaking primarily through his agent, that's what we have to go with at the moment. So we can't exactly just say, hey, this is the case. And it's not. It's a very non-linear situation that can just... We really just don't know. It's a very odd thing. You know, if he needs to go to Sweden and he needs to heal up, he needs to fix whatever problems he has with his lower body and whatever things in his mind that he needs to clear up, then you know what? Go ahead. Again, it's like you mentioned. He's still very young. He's, what, 20, 21 years old? I mean, yep. he has the he has the opportunity to be in the National Hockey League, but let's be real here. I doubt each and every one of you you will all agree with me on this really knew exactly what was going through your head at the age of 21 i certainly did not you know i mean in terms of you know how life is in a sense you really don't get a full grasp on things until you're really you know 24 25 you know and maybe for some people it's different but in leas's case it just seems as if he hasn't really gotten a grip on things yet you know what that that's perfectly fine you know yeah no i it's perfectly fine you got You also got to think the Rangers didn't have a first-round pick for years before this happened. They finally got a first-round pick, but then they decided they wanted more, so they did make that trade with Arizona to get the seventh overall pick to get Leah Anderson. And now you're—he's looked at, like Russell said, as this—this this, like, not a savior, but like he's the NHL-ready guy. He's gonna be—he's gonna help right now. And at that time, the Rangers were in a playoff hunt. They still had pieces before the Reba, before the letter, where it's like, Leah Sanders is going to come. He's going to help right now. He's going to play third line. He might play fourth line. But he's going to be ready, and he's going to make everybody around him better. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely. a lot of pressure to put No, it is. Kid. No, absolutely. If you look at Capo Caco, it's the same thing. You, you can't put this pressure on these 18, 19-year-olds. And, you know, some people I've seen on Twitter say, I don't know, maybe you should put Caco down to the AHL. It did wonders for Filipino. Yeah, it did, but look, you could say it the same thing with Leas Anderson. Look how bad it did for Leas Anderson. Yeah, exactly. Already in the AHL, comes up, starts with the team, and then he's basically replaced with, you know, one of his better friends, the guy who he spent his first year at the AHL with. So you can make an argument for either one, but the worst case is Leas Anderson, where it's just he's hiding injuries that we know of, you know, speculating. Yeah. And, you know, he's not looking great. He's not playing great. And it's evident in his face, and I think – it was either Greg or Ricky, the guys who cover Hartford for the Forever Blue Shirts dot com powered us. Great, thank you, A. <laughs> but you know, they said that there was like this skate or there was like this like some event that they went to, and it looked like Leas Anderson was skating by himself. And I don't know if this was just you know they saw it in passing or this or that, but, but you know, having teammates, having guys to have your back, and if you're not with the guys you're with every single day and making a bond, that hurts, man. You're like the oh, odd no, man out. On a thing that you've made your whole life, this is your whole life essentially. And so and to I add don't to blame that. the guy for wanting to go home and like recuperate. Yeah. But again, this is all hearsay up until like Leas Anderson comes out and says this is what happened because the agent can only say so much. So much exactly. And to add to that, there was uh, I think there were you know uh, instances of bullying, and I don't know exactly where or how. 
that came up or, or exactly, you know, I think the, the, the Swedish reporter, uh, Johan Relander said, uh, if he had been bullied and Anderson, uh, replied, he didn't know how to, he didn't know what to say or what to answer. He said, it's been tough. That's it. I will tell you when it's the right time. That's what his agent uh, got from mm -hmm, Anderson. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to, like you said, it's really hard to get a real determination until we actually hear from him, you know, whether it's bullying or or such. But it's just a real vague situation, and we just hope Leas, you know, Leas comes back and, and he can come back to the organization because it seems like the Rangers are – they didn't understand what was going on, and it seems like they want to correct it. So that's good on them for doing John that. Davidson says he wants to go out and see him personally. 100%. And you so, know the Rangers want him to succeed. They don't want this situation to drag on. Whether, they don't want... This, a, sorry, whether this is a PR stunt or not, like, I doubt it is. It's but, definitely you know, not. This, is, this still seems is. like it is the oh, best no. for the whole situation and as the organization and B.S. Anderson to have someone from the high breast go out. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's yes. okay. I mean, look... Like JL said, when we were when we were 21 years old, you know, you don't really know what direction your life is going to go. You think you have all the answers. You think you know exactly what's going to happen, but you don't know. And you know, Leah Sanderson, for for everything that's happened, for all all the controversy early in the year with him not getting playing higher in the lineup, for you know, apparently him not being happy sent down to Hartford, and now back in Europe. I mean, you just want something normal for this kid for a little while. You want him to have a sense of normalcy. You want him to have a sense of, you know, just he can breathe so he can take a deep breath because, look, he sees all this going on. Like Kevin even said about Philip Heedle, his friend who's uh, having a great season on Broadway now. You see a guy like Capococco comes in who is expected to, you know, play so, play so well. Adam Fox, even another rookie who comes in, immediately starts playing well. And you got to feel for Leah Sanderson here that things aren't going his way right now. So, to, you know, Leas, like we've all been saying, man, and especially the New York Rangers management, you know they want to get this fixed. You know they want to help Anderson any way they can. And you know that the situation is going to get resolved as soon as it can. So we actually, moving on from Leas Anderson, we have another new segment oh, this week. Oh, oh, oh. And this segment is called Rangers Trivia. And it will be hosted by a different one of us every week. And this week's host is none other than the host of the late program, Perth Amboy's number program. one public access TV show, John Luke Shapiro. JL, Woo! time, take it away. Cue the music and the go horn, ladies and gentlemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this edition of Rangers Rangers Trivia. I am JL, speaking like a crooner from the 1920s. All right. Do we have to do 20s? this when I no, host, no, no. which I'm assuming I, I would like to. Well, if you want to do it, just like a regular, you know, carnival right. bar guy over here. All righty. Well, if you want me to do the voice, I'll keep doing it. Okay. No, 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 no. no just, just, just talk, <laughs> JL. Come on. Okay. Give us questions. All right. So basically, it's it's real simple. Uh, it's gonna give you each five open-ended multiple choice questions and whoever has the most is the winner and will not get verbally abused by our dear leader which is who also runs foreverblueshirts.com you, know, you know Rush you should take a dive because me and JL got verbally <laughs> abused on air last week so I did. let me I just heard, win I heard, I heard all of that last week you know, yeah but you didn't get verbally abused you didn't get verbally face. abused no I mean I just got complimented I mean that's okay with me so that's, <laughs> I mean, that's okay. okay question number one 
This one was a little bit more for the older crowd. They, will, they will, As soon as they hear the name, they will know the answer, I know for sure. Question number one. Six Sutter brothers, Brent, Brian, Daryl, Dwayne, Rich, and Ron, reached the NHL in the 1970s and 80s. How many of them played for the Rangers? Is it A, three, B, two, C, one, or D, none? Kevin, your answer. Oh, you went, you went the other oh, way. Um, that's, that's tough. Kevin, so go three, ahead. two, one, or zero in that in that order. You know, I'm going to be bold and say B, two. Russell, your answer? Mm-hmm. You, and this is Sutter, not Suter, correct? Sutter, yes. Sutter. Sutter. You know, I'm going to have to agree with Kevin, I think, too. <sighs> womp, 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 womp. You are both wow. incorrect. Oh, the answer man. is D, none. Oh, Collectively, the Sutter <laughs> brothers played nearly 5,000 NHL games for 12 different teams. The Islanders, Blackhawks, Blues, Penguins, Flyers, Canucks, Leafs, Lightning, Nordiques, Bruins, Sharks, and Flames. None of those teams are the New York Rangers. Honestly, I have to applaud Jail. That was a good yeah. one. <laughs> That's a question that I, I, I was expecting like some like 1940s Rangers trivia, yeah. but he took like took it a left field. Here so we here go. We I'm, I'm ready for this Question now. number two. This is an easy one. If you don't get this, then you're either blind or you didn't see it. This Ranger celebrated scoring a shorthanded goal by holding his stick like a rifle and pretending to shoot lightning goalie Matthew Garon, an act of showboating that triggered a melee, resulting in 38 minutes of penalties. Amazing game. Is Amazing it, game. Yes, Great game. Which they lost, by the way. They lost, but if you haven't seen those highlights, please, please go yes. watch them. So here here are the, 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 um, the possibilities. It's either A, Nikolai Antropov, B, Ruslan Finitenko, C. Nikolai Zherdev or D. Artem Anisimov. Russell, your answer. That was one of... I remember watching that game live and seeing that celebration and then seeing Artem Anisimov after the crazy uh, pile up in the corner was like, what did I do? So <laughs> I will never forget that. I so yes, the answer anything. is D. Artem Anisimov. I'm pretty sure we watched that together and we were losing it. <laughs> Definitely D. You are both correct. That was a very easy one. It is Artem Anisimov, not one to intentionally show up an opponent. Anisimov quickly apologized for his excessive goal celebration. The good thing about that was Anisimov, uh, they had him on. Uh, that was the year of the War of the Winter Classic. So they had him uh, mm-hmm. behind the scenes. And you see Artie walking into the, into the um, well, Sean Avery was walking into the into the clubhouse. And you can see Artie sitting there just laughing at him. <laughs> I remember Artie said, I think you can hear him say on the camera, he goes, yeah, he's a Saudi guy. And everyone's just laughing at him. It was, it was great. Okay, Fantastic. here we go. Question number three, tied at one. He scored at 4.07 of overtime in game five of the 1974 quarterfinals to give the Rangers a 3-2 win over the Montreal Canadiens. Who is this? Is it A, Ron Harris, B, Walt Kachuk, C, Bruce McGregor, or D, Gene Carr? Oh, it's not who I thought it was. Can you go over the choices one more yeah, time? Yeah, one more time. Give me the choices. A. Ron Harris. B. Walt Kachuk. C. Bruce McGregor. Or D. Gene Carr. I'm I'm gonna go Walt Kachuk here. I I was actually thinking yeah. that too. You gotta stop taking my answers, Russell. So you both go for B. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go Walt Kachuk here. Incorrect. It is oh, A. My. Ron Harris. 
a defense we're gonna plan. Kill. Listen to this. A defense this is fair. You do lesser known Rangers, JL. <laughs> <laughs> Look, here's the here's an interesting little tidbit. You can tie this in. A Ron Harris, a defenseman playing right wing in that game. Sound familiar? Oh, Harris beat oh, Montreal. He beat Montreal goaltender Bunny LaRock with a one-timer off a pass from Pete Stemkowski, color guy for the New York Rangers radio broadcast. I'm going to tell you right now, I thought Pete Stemkowski was the answer to this question. No, Pete Stemkowski, so, yeah. I think, scored against the... I think that's some, that's some brownie points for you, Russ. I thought, maybe, I hope so. Here no. we go. Question number Half a point, maybe. Question number four. This player was cut by the Rangers on Thanksgiving. Is it A, Richie Pilon, B, Rod Gilbert, C, Rem Murray, or D, Eddie Jockerman? Mm. No. It wasn't Jockerman. No, definitely not. It wasn't Rod Gilbert. Go over A and C again. Yeah. A is Rich Pilon, and C is Rem Murray. Rem spelled R-E-M. We gotta split this up, so I'll go I'll go C. Alright, I'll go A. Incorrect, both of you. It is actually <laughs> B, Rod Gilbert. Wow. Really? I hadn't, wow. Before Jeez. the start of the 77 wow. 78 season, Gilbert found himself in a tense contract negotiation with GM John Ferguson. Following a 15-day holdout, Gilbert right. returned to play 19 games before being cut by the club on Thanksgiving Day. It was Ferguson's way of flushing out the last of the Emil Francis-era Rangers, and Gilbert never, never forgave him for it. Clearly, you can see me and Kevin need to do our homework a little bit. <laughs> I mean, like, anything before 2002 is, like, all JL territory. All right, let's see. At least specifically. Like, we get the general crux. Okay, so right, here's question a, five. Here's Clear. question five. You guys, this is a tiebreaker here. So you guys need to make sure you either I mean, pick... We, we are tied one apiece. One apiece. <laughs> I got to think of some really obscure ones just for JL. <laughs> well... I probably will get it wrong because my brain is mush. But anyways, here we go. Yeah, I'm not good under pressure. <laughs> Says the man who's an engineer. Um... <laughs> I have time to think, JL. Bill is building now! <laughs> number <laughs> 10. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen ever. Actually, number 5. I, I, I'm looking at a different piece of paper that has this <laughs> at number 10. Prior to joining the New York Rangers, this winger lost half of his left thumb in a bizarre farming accident. Is it A, Pat Verbeek? Is it B, Steve Vickers? Is it C, Wally Hergesheimer? Or is it D, Mike Keane? I'll go D, Mike Keane. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I feel like the, the, the C Farming choice is accent? made up. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know why. I'm going to go Steve Vickers. Both of you, incorrect. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> oh, it was actually Pat Verbeek. During the off-season in 1985, Verbeek was working on a corn planting machine on his 200-acre farm machine. in Ontario. He accidentally slipped into the machinery, and his left hand went directly into the moving auger, slicing oh off his thumb God. between the knuckles. Pat's oh. brother Brian rushed into the hospital, but they forgot to bring the thumb. Pat's father Jerry rushed over to Pat's farm, found the thumb in one of the machine's fertilizer bins, and transported it to the hospital where doctors managed to successfully s to reattach it. Verbeek's oh. hockey career was saved. Here we go. Oh. Let's give you guys a tiebreaker. See if you, you guys might get this one. Maybe. Right, let's see. Hey, do you have a tiebreaker ready? I thought this was like a total thing. 
Well, it was until both of you guys started getting them wrong. So whoever gets oh, the God, next question God right wins. <laughs> I'm sorry to know who lost their thumb. <laughs> Educated <laughs> guess my, my lifetime. All of these uh, no, during the 1992 semifinals against New Jersey, this Rangers set a club record for scoring six goals in one series. Is it A. Adam Graves, B. Mike Gartner? C. Mark Messier or D. Tony Amonti. Think hard what? because it's not the answer you think. Okay, okay. What year did you say again? 1992. 92. So this is. Uh, I want to say. I want to say Graves. All I'm saying is it's not the answer that you're gonna think it is. So it's definitely not Messier. I. It's. I'm gonna say it's Mike Gartner. Guys, Russell Hartman is our trivia champion for this oh. week. It's Mike Gartner. <laughs> oh, during, yeah. the, during that performance, Gartner still faced criticism about his postseason play. He might have finally proven his detractors wrong had the Rangers not dealt him to the Maple Leaf for Glenn Anderson in 94. And one of the big several moves they made to win the Stanley Cup that year. So Gartner led the Rangers that series by scoring six goals. I'm and sorry. If I could take one trade back from that 94 team, it would have been to keep Mike Gartner. Because I think they still they still would have won that cup, I think, with Mike Gartner. Because you know what? It's a shame that Mike Gartner does not have a Stanley Cup. It is a shame. Absolutely not. I a agree with you 100%. And also, just, just to let everyone know, that is our Rangers trivia for this week. And I have to give a huge, huge credit to, first of all, Russell for giving me this book. But it's uh, most of the trivia contained in that book was uh, 100 Things Rangers Fans Should Know Before They Die by Adam Rader with Russ Cohen. So those guys did a bang-up job on that book. So that is awesome our trivia book. for now I gotta this week. Now i got to get it before JL goes again. <laughs> hey, Kevin, good news. I have that book, so we're going to get more questions from that soon. Don't worry. I'm the host next week. <laughs> and I said it. So it's me. Well, I hope you enjoyed our new segment for trivia. This is going to be a weekly thing where Kevin Jail and I embarrass ourselves by not knowing the answers to oh, these questions. But, uh, we're going to have a good time with it. So moving on to uh, our Twitter question segment of the show. Kevin, what is the Twitter question we are answering this week? So unfortunately, I lost it, but I think he is a regular listener. So I hope he understands this is his. He wanted us to do some prospect uh, profiles. Um and I told him that uh, most likely the Rangers pick will land between somewhat like seven to you know fifteen, depending on where they do finish in the in the standings. So uh, he wants us to give us like a, a not so obvious profile for these guys, yeah, guys that we might not hear of. So uh, unfortunately, JL's a jerk and didn't do one, so it's just me and Russ for this. Um, wow! And I chose thanks. I chose WHL's Connor Zary. Now, if you don't already know, I don't like a lot of uh, junior hockey players, only because stats can be really deceiving. But I really like this kid's play. Um, unfortunately, he missed the 2019 draft by six days last year. So he's one of the older players sent to the 2020 entry draft, exactly opposite from Phil Pedal. Um, he's an all-around player for his WH team. The, get this, Kamloops Blazers. Yo, the Kamloops, I, that is a great name. They have great jerseys. Camel's I love. Sweet. I love it. I, I love that name. I love their jerseys. He's playing for a great organization <laughs> for the Kamloops Blazers. 
So right now he plays top line minutes, plays the power play, plays the penalty kill, and from 2017 to 2018, and then to 2018 to 2019, he basically doubled his point total and then some. Um, now he's currently posting 53 points in 37 games for the Blazers, and the kid looks phenomenal. A lot of reporters are saying he's a crappy, smart, and versatile player and is seen as one of the, if not the most well-rounded player in this upcoming draft. He's a center, but his size really is his downfall. He's 5'9", about 180. So we could see his size increase over the couple years, but don't really hold your breath for it. Um, you know, he uses his body in smart and effective ways. He is good on the puck. He's able to maintain control. He, you know, scratches off defenders. He prolongs time in the offensive zone. And he's not letting these shortcomings become liabilities, and it's extremely impressive. Um, if you really do want to see some plays, I will most likely post it, post the uh, some of the links that I did find of him. It's very impressive, not even just the goals and the assists, just his overall play and his versatility. Um, most see him as a second-line center, so we do see like a Derek Stepan, a Ryan Nugent Hopkins kind of type of player. Um, you know, he is older, like I said, so compared to the rest of his potential draft class, he, he's more mature, and he's more ready than anybody else, so we do really see a quick turnaround. Two years, not three or four, that, you know, most most WHL, Qs, all these guys that take time to get up here. Um, you know, with the defense of the goaltending prospect pool the Rangers really have, it's clogged up. Forward really seems like the way to go. I really do see the Rangers picking the forward this draft. Um, I don't see them picking a defenseman because we're logjam. Goaltending is going to be a problem with Igor. We do have uh, Tyler Wall. We have uh, Lindblom or Blom. Blom? Bomb. Limbaum. Why do I think Olaf it's Bloom? Limbaum. Uh, so a center would be probably the best option. We're kind of weak at center. Ryan Strom might not be here. Um, Russell says that I'm a jerk, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um... He, 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 if you watch his World Junior Classic from last year, the U18s, he makes a lot of good plays. He has a good stride, and he really makes up for it. You know, He's just really small, which might be his downfall. might push him back to like the later teens, early 20s. But you know, his skill set's fantastic. His stick is awesome. Watch the kid's highlights. He's unbelievable. He makes smart plays, and he's doing things that, you know, might get him in trouble in the NHL. But the fact that he could do it now with such skill and, like, poise can translate into his game in a couple of years. So if they do call his game come June, expect this to be a pretty good pick, especially if they get him for a steal around 15-16. Kevin, thank you for that. Connor's area is a very interesting prospect, one I admittedly don't know too much about. So thank you for the profile. Of course. My guy is a guy from the European side of things. His name is Jan Misak. He currently has five goals and four assists for nine points in 26 games for HC Litvinov in the Czech League. So Misak is a very interesting prospect. He is currently ranked ninth on the international skaters list for the upcoming 2020 draft. He's been looked at as someone with a lot of skill, good hands, good shot. But, you know, he wasn't getting kind of all the time that he needed in uh, for H.C. Litvinov in the Czech League. So after his performance in the World Junior Championship and after being picked in the import draft by the Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, he decided that it's time for him to come over. So Jan will be playing with the Hamilton Bulldogs for the rest of the season, hoping to have more of an offensive impact as he increases his draft stock for the 2020 draft. Misak um, is a winger and a center. He can play both forward positions. Um, he... 
uh, is 5'10". He's 180 pounds. He's a guy that the Rangers, I think, will be very interested in because the Rangers don't really like the Canadian Junior Leagues for some reason with their scouting. They seem to really like the European side of things. So I think Jan would be a good pick in anywhere between the, honestly, 10-20 range, which I think the Rangers could possibly end up in, depending on how things shake out. Um, with the move to Hamilton, a lot is expected of Misak, um, specifically to increase his offensive output, and he has the talent to do it. And the hope is that he'll be playing with Arthur Kaliev, who was a Kings, uh, a Kings pick in the 2019 draft, who was a guy I wanted the Rangers to pick just due to the his shot, due to the you know fact that he scored 50 last year for Hamilton. And now he'll be joined by a guy like Misak, who hopefully the two of them create some magic for the Hamilton Bulldogs for the rest of the season. So between Connor Zary and Jan Misak, you have a kid who, you know, kind of flew a little under the radar since he was six days uh, under the limit for the 19 draft. And you have, for in Connor's Derry, and you have a guy in Jan Misak who, coming over from Europe, coming over from the Czech League, is hoping to make more of an offensive impact before the 2020 draft and will hopefully help uh, spark Hamilton to a nice second half, playing on what they hope is having chemistry alongside Arthur Kalia. So I uh, hope we answered your question, whoever your Twitter user is, because I'll Kevin lost your handle. Him. But Kevin I didn't will, lose Kevin it. It's been you. like a week. Kevin will at you. <laughs> <laughs> I will at you, and I really hope you listen, whoever you are. Random and Twitter guy. Finally, before we leave you guys this week, um, we are not going to predict the Islanders game tonight because you're going to know what's going to happen since this comes out on Wednesday. But we're going to give you our predictions for the Islanders game on Thursday, the Jackets game on Sunday, and the Islanders game next week before the All-Star break. Yeah, three so, times in a week is a little excessive, NHL. Fix a little excessive. Your damn it's gonna be schedule. They could have given one of these games right when that big stretch happened. Between yeah, the right. Ottawa game and like, the Oilers game, they could at least throw like, "Here's the yeah, Oilers." No, you, you don't, you don't need to play at least two times in a week. <laughs> Let's play like, seven times in a week yeah. first, and then zero times in three weeks. So wow. to break this down, each of us is going to take one of the games. We're going to give you how we think the game is going to play out. Give you a mini storyline of who's scoring, who's making the saves. So I will start here. And Thursday, this is how your game script is going to go. First period. We're going to get a goal from Capococco, and he's going to break out. It's going to start the breakout. The Rangers are going to win 3-1 off a goal from Capococco. Two more goals from Tony D'Angelo. Three points from Panarin and Zibanejad each in a 3-1 win. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I thought we were all predicting this and then we're going to see who <laughs> wins at the, the end of next week. Oh, is that what you want to do yeah. instead? Yeah, I like, let's I do like that. Capococco and that, Tony D goal. Okay, so we can do that. All right, so uh, so we just predicting scores here. Is this how you guys want to do yeah, it? I thought that's what I thought right. so, but, yeah, but, yeah. but before we move on, let's just make sure that even though the scores may not be accurate, bonus points if they are, but it all depends on whether it's going to be a win or, or, a loss. The, or a loss and if the score is close to the prediction. So we have all right, to factor so that in as well. Closest without going over. Yes. I will take a 3 nothing Igor Shesterkin shutout on oh, Thursday wow, against the New bold. York Islanders. Whoa. Now, wait, wait, wait. Now you predicted that he's starting on Thursday. Oh, he absolutely is going to start. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Igor has to start. I'm going to take a 3 0 Igor Shesterkin 45 save shutout on oh, Thursday. Not he's bad. He's going in. <laughs> oh, you with think so? Two goals, okay. <laughs> two goals from Kako, one from Tony D. I am predicting a. Six to three win over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Gosh, on I hope Sunday so. <laughs> with about thirty-five saves, give or take, from Henrik Lundqvist and a hat trick from Artemi Panarin against his former club. Wow! Wow! And for next Tuesday against the Islanders again, I'm predicting a very, very close three-two shootout win with Shesterkin making about thirty-seven saves and 
Of course, getting the winner in the shootout, Adam Fox. Wow. That's very that wow, that's very informative. Thirty two saves in that win? Thirty seven, my friend. Thirty seven <laughs> saves. Jesus. Kevin's writing it down. I am uh, writing it down. I need to make sure that he that he's this specific with the Adam Fox shootout, shootout winner. Shootout goal. That's now if if I'm right with any wow. of this. I don't, I, I, that would be pretty impressive, each, right? <laughs> I think of it this way. If you get all these right, each one is a point. But if you get them wrong, you get a minus. <laughs> oh, we're doing... All right, I don't yeah. think it should be minus. No, okay, let's we'll, do we'll minuses see. just to blow right, so our right, confidences. The, the, the normal points and then, like, extra points. We'll amass both of them. All, all right. right, so, JL. JL, let's go. So... The game, the Thursday game against the Islanders, I think it'll be a 5-4 Rangers loss. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist will be in that game. I'm almost positive he will. And uh, if I'm wrong, please blast me on Twitter. Um, it'll be 5-4. They will lose because of a defensive turnover. I think Capococco scores. I think Panarin scores. And I think Filipino scores. And I also think Tony D'Angelo scores that game. Now, transitioning into <laughs> transitioning into Sunday's game, which I will be at, no big deal. Um, Don't worry, I'm going to be at the war next week's game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they beat Columbus 4-2. Uh, to two. I think they get an empty netter by Artemi Panarin. Um, Georgiev will start that game. That's just my prediction. And also Zabanajad will get one, and Kreider will probably end up getting a goal too, and maybe like maybe Jesper Faust or, or someone on the fourth line. And then the Tuesday game, I think Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday <laughs> versus the Tuesday. Islanders. I think they will win that game. I think Ooh. they will win. They will win. Let's go six five. Six to five. Six five. You got it, buddy. That's a, get, that's a shootout. I can't well, Dave. Well, no. This will be. This will be. Let's just say this will be Igor's first bad game. Let's just say. Oh man. So, Jay. Oh, six, uh, that's all. That's all. Six five. Prediction and a half. Right. It'll there. be in overtime. And Ryan Strom will get the overtime winner. And I also think Panarin will Ooh. also score in that game. And I also think, check this out, Greg McKegg scores a goal. Oh, McKegg! I think, I think Kegger will end up potting the back of the net somehow. Now, I will guarantee you we'll listen to this once all this happens and we'll probably be terribly off base. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. But, oh, no, you know, we're, gonna, we're definitely going to be wrong. But don't, it's don't worry. Because do you have all this prediction. down, Kevin? You wrote all this down? And, of course... I yeah, of course. So you know what you should do before before Kevin. Before... I will read them back to you to make sure. No, that's post okay. them on no. the Twitter page. Oh, so we can yeah. refer to it. It's, so it's, it's real. real. Yes, yeah, so, so it's real. We so so we Kevin, can, yeah. Kevin, give us your Nostradamus predictions, my friend. So Georgian's gonna start ten tomorrow. Oh no, tonight. Tonight's Monday. Tonight's, yeah, tonight's, tonight's Monday. Monday. Kevin, yes, nice start... new days, my friend. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's all confusing. Leave me alone. Um. So Georgiev starts today. I do think that Igor does start. I think he will give up three goals like he has been, but also save 42 shots. Okay. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, Panarin might score two goals. So it might be a four to three win. Uh, the other two I'm not even going to not even gonna touch on. <laughs> <laughs> That's too specific. You guys wow. are like 17 people. Can someone else write this while I'm talking? Jeez. <laughs> Russell? Russell, JL, fine, <laughs> Look, whatever. Kevin, 
you you lay in your own bed, man. You remember what you you Thanks. you, you no, reap you what you sow. We're gonna read this back to you later. But, <laughs> oh, I guess that's what I said. No. <laughs> Uh, Columbus, I do think that Panarin's going to have another good game. I think he's going to keep it rolling with another two goals and an assist. So three points from Panarin. I think um, uh, Hank starts that, but also gives up five goals and a three to five loss. Oh, you know. Against Columbus at home. Sorry. But Panarin does get three points. Shame on you. Shame on me. And you want to know who gets the third goal? I think our boy Jacob Truba. Oh, good. Yeah, that's it's a nice a bad prediction. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he just shot during the power play. I'll even say that. Power play goal from Truba. Kevin, please give us your Tuesday one. <laughs> I will give you my Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> Russell's like, hurry up, I think Georgiev goes back in net, depending on how he plays this Monday, because today is Monday. I think Georgiev stops 38 shots Ooh, for a shutout. Ah. And it's a one nothing win with Filipino getting the goal. Ooh, you know what? I like it. I like it. I like all these predictions and I'm going to be it's going to be great when I win and I have three points next week. <laughs> so it's going to be wonderful. Oh, so from all of us here at the Forever Blue Shirts Radio podcast, thank you to Mr. John Luke Shapiro. Thank you to Mr. Kevin Krupe. This was fun. We're going to keep these segments going and as always, let's go Rangers. You've been listening to 4B Radio, powered by ForeverBlueShirts.com. Let's go, Raider Nation. It's me, Evan Grote, host of Just Pod Baby. Join me as I bring you the latest news on your Las Vegas Raiders. On Just Pod Baby, I will give you my thoughts on all things silver and black. And of course, you can expect to receive the best information from top-notch guests. Be sure to listen to Just Pod Baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Silver and Black Today Media Group. What's going on? You have John Wanglin, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at, is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up.